The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Well, welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are so excited. You have joined us this afternoon, and we are just the three of us in the studio because Sam had to make an emergency trip to the beach, and that's just a dirty job, but somebody has to do it, right? Al? Oh, man, I just I hate it for him. Likely story, don't you think, Vinny? Yeah, but, I don't believe it. <laughs> But nonetheless, you're going to love the topic today. In fact, it's a topic I think we all love for eternity because the name of this particular topic is called Understanding the Heart of the Father. And by that, we mean God's heart. But along those lines, since we're heading up on Father's Day, it's, it's understanding the heart of our fathers as well. Absolutely. And so, you know... Not everybody can even remember their father, and we have those situations. But we do have Sam as called in, so we have him on the line. Sam, we're so glad Hello. that you, that you uh, is the, is the, are the waves crashing out there? Is it a beautiful day at the beach? It is a beautiful day at the moment. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't when the tropical storm came in, but that was that's, uh, behind us now, and it's sunny and nice. So you got a little bit of the excitement. But one of the things that, I don't know about you, Sam, but... There, I had huge misunderstandings about the heart of my heavenly father. I always kind of saw him as this furious, wrathful kind of judge that kind of wanted to burn off my feelers. Did you have something like that? I did. You know, I grew up in a church that was full of loving people, but uh, primarily taught that God was there to judge you when you died and that uh, there wasn't really ever taught a personal relationship with the Father. You know, that Jesus died, that we could have that. And so I really didn't even know that was available to me until, honestly, my 40s. Um, and so in hearing the rest of, of the Gospel and how Jesus really spoke about the Father and how, you know, loving He truly is, really kind of escaped me for much of my um, church career. Now, we do have a clip that highlights this, which is hilarious in my opinion. Oh, I think we should highlight it. Yeah, we're going to highlight it because it's called Bruce Almighty. And since my middle name is Bruce, I can relate to, <laughs> to being almighty. <laughs> An almighty man I, in his own mind. I can relate that in this situation, Bruce was in media. He was a, he was a reporter. And, you know, the other guy got the big anchor job and then he got beat up by some people and he'd been out in the rain and he'd he'd had a really tough day and of course, you know, his wife was console him that, you know, everything happens for a reason. This is all sort of good and whatever. And so let's listen in on this short conversation of poor Bruce's misunderstanding about God. Well, thank God you're all right. God, yeah, let's thank God, shall we? For his blessings are raining down upon me. Wait, that's not rain! Bruce, please don't do that, honey. You know that everything happens for a reason. That I don't need. That is a cliche. That is not helpful to me. A bird in the hands were two in the bush. I have no bird. I have no bush. God has taken my bird in my bush. Oh, I see. So, so God is picking on you? Is that what you're saying? No, he's ignoring me completely. 
He's far too busy giving Evan everything he wants. Oh, that's great, Sam. But you missed your target. I'm over here! Don't get mad at the dog. It's not the dog's fault. No, it's God's fault. You gave him the wrong coordinates. All right, you know what? Enough. All right, will you just stop being such a martyr? I am not being a martyr. I'm a victim. God is a mean kid sitting on an anthill with a magnifying glass, and I'm the ant. He could fix my life in five minutes if he wanted to, but he'd rather burn off my feelers and watch me squirm. All right, sweetheart, I know that you're mad. It's completely understandable what Evan did is slimy and wrong. But this day could have been so much worse. I'm just glad you're okay. Okay? Newsflash! I'm not okay. I'm not okay with a mediocre job. I'm not okay with a mediocre apartment. I'm not okay with a mediocre life! And Sam, that's kind of... I mean, Sam... Al, that's you sitting there. <laughs> You're right, Sam. It's me sitting here. Oh, yeah, Al. But, Al, that's kind of how you felt. Like, oh. if he, he could fix this if he wasn't mad at me. I, I remember sitting uh, in my previous job, um, and I was telling two guys, one, Wayne, who's uh, been just a wonderful brother and friend of this ministry, and him and uh, another friend, and I said, you know, I just feel like God's mad at me. They're like, Why? Like, because all this stuff's going wrong and it's just my fault and he's mad at me because I haven't been doing anything. I haven't loved him enough. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. They're like, God is not somebody who gets mad. You know, things happen outside God's will. And I remember, I remember that right there changed things. And I asked my wife, I said, do you really believe things happen outside of God's will? She looked at me kind of funny. And she said, abortion, they happen all the time. That's way outside of his will. I was like, oh. So maybe it's not his will that these things happen. Maybe, you know, he's waiting for me to start loving him and, and separate these two things. So Vinny, you know, growing up in uh, New York with the, you know, in the Catholic church, the nuns, the, we we're seeing the whole picture. Um, what was your thoughts about God as, as was he a judge? Was that something that you were involved in? Well, Brucey, uh, <laughs> I just found out that I have a brother, Brucey. Uh, no, he was, uh, truly he didn't say too much, you know, but I did learn how to read looks, you know, by his eyes. Uh, I guess there was a lot of love in him, but in my, in them days when he was a young kid, Raising a child, especially, uh, you know, a boy, was actually left up to the mother and the grandmother of the father. I mean, the, grand, the mother of the father and his wife. So, actually, I was raised by women, Brucey. <laughs> uh, well, and then that brings up a great point, doesn't it, Sam, that so many of us, we kind of project our view of our earthly father onto God, right? Sam? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I, had a, I had a good dad, but he wasn't around much. You know, he didn't attend events that I was in, Boy Scouts or uh, baseball or things like that. And so, you know, I always kind of viewed God as this distant guy, or this distant being, rather, that wasn't really going to be there for me when I needed him to be there. He was hanging out with my father. Yeah, and mine. My <laughs> father, My father worked for Buick Motor Vision. He left every monday out on business and he didn't come back till the weekend so i just figured i really did that god was too busy for rob he's got a whole world you know <laughs> that he's trying to run here universe as it was yeah how in the world could he have time for a little old me 
he's got world hunger to fix. He's got <laughs> all those things. You know, why would he worry about me? Yeah, and so we we project that kind of thing on and and. But you know, we were talking about this in the pre-show that I, I think it's by design that we're supposed to view our earthly father as a precursor to what God is. It's just they don't always reflect God's glory the way they're supposed to. You know, Robbie, you made a good point. They have what it takes, but they just don't always use it. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's fascinating to me now to see that clearly even when I was a father to my children, I had certainly his image, but I was hiding about a lot of things where I didn't feel like I could I could do any good and and it looked like Vinny, like my wife had fully good control of this. Like, right. what, why would I? they want me to step in and, mm-hmm. and mess this situation up? And so I, did you experience that when you're fathering your three? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, I don't ever remember my father kissing my mother or doing anything, you know, like a father should. Well, that's a husband. But kissing me, you know, rubbing my head or doing anything like that. Until he became a grandfather, there was such a total change in him. Uh, but I think I got to save that for that next clip. Isn't that right, Brucey? <laughs> I like that, Brucey. Uh, there you go. How about you, Sam? I think Brucey's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that the name of the mechanical shark in Jaws, Brucey? I think it was. It might have been. It was. There's some woundedness going on in here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Robert the Bruce. I'm, I'm glad I'm not in there. <laughs> well, I hope the people that are listening to this is making some sense out of it because it is really a, a good subject to be talking about, your father, and how right. you get into later life. And that father becomes a grandfather and in my case, it's the first time I saw my father. Because, as I said last week on the show, he finally got it. He had more fun with his grandchildren. And I used to look at him, and it made me angry. And I would say, why wasn't you this way with me and my sisters? Well, Sam, I'm and wondering that when you, were, when you found yourself in that father role, we, you're struggling with the same stuff that you had with your own father, and now what do I do? How, where did you go there? Well, I think, you know, you, you make vows. At least I did. You know, I made a vow that I was never going to be like that and that I was going to attend my kids' functions, and I've made a, a big attempt to do that, and I think that that can be a good thing, but it can also be a very guilt-driven thing if you're not careful because vows don't often end up good. You know, um, the wrong type of vows anyway. And so I have been able to make a lot of their things, but as a dad, I've also failed in my own way that they could take that and reflect it upon the Heavenly Father, you know, if I haven't done any other work with them about this topic. That's a good point, because no father is perfect, and every child is going to get wounds from from his parents. I mean, I've been recognizing a wound that I've created in one of my sons and trying to go back and fix it. But once the wound is there, you really need Jesus to take you through it exactly. and afford to heal. You can't, a father can't do it on his own. It's really. No, but, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, finish. Uh, a father can be a part of the process. 
Yes. You know, the father that comes in, and I know you've done it, you said, you know, son, I'm really sorry. That was not the correct behavior for me. Goes a long way in that healing process. Oh, I agree. I just, it, it can't come from just the dad. You're right. So as we, and it thinks we have the power to wound, but we don't have the power to heal. Yeah, that's that's the tough thing as a dad. <laughs> and so, and then, and you have some folks that none of us experienced it, but clearly there's some whose father gave them up at birth, or whatever. They had no father, and and so their existence of God is who's he? What does that have to do with me? And so, when we come back in the next segment, we get to do the next step of this as well. What would it be like to get an idea of what what the heart of the Father is kind of like and what did Jesus bring into that equation when he brought the gospel? So we have all that coming your way. And meanwhile, you can go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org, listen to previous podcasts. we got so much more. On the baseball field, a single decision can change a game. For a man with prostate cancer, a single decision can change his entire life. This is Joe Torre. While I chose surgery, a less aggressive approach called active surveillance might be the best choice for you. Ask your doctor about a genomic test that may help you make the right decision. Learn more at yourprostateyourdecision.com. A public service message from Men's Health Network, FEN, and Zero. It's a presidential and congressional election year, and with it comes candidates' promises such as lower taxes, less regulation, and limited government. We always hope candidates will keep their word. After the election, we find broken promises, more taxes, more regulation, and out-of-control federal government. Our founders understood this and gave us a way to protect our individual freedom and restore America. It's an Article 5 Convention of States. To learn more, go to conventionofstates.com and join us in restoring America. Welcome, welcome back to the Masculine Journey. Today's topic, Understanding the Heart of the Father. We're in the studio with Al and Vinny and myself, Robbie Dilmore, but we've got Sam is hanging out at the beach trying to understand the heart of the Father through the waves out there. Please tell us you're in a one-piece. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am in a one-piece, but it does go all the way up, uh, so, you know, you got that. That's good to know. Yeah, I didn't need the visual. All the way up to your armpits? Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't really. But I just want to give you a hard time out. So, Robbie, this, I'm gonna, this topic... Go ahead. Uh, no, this topic, you know, before we go into this next segment, I'd really ask, you know, the listeners that's out there that just say, what was, what was my thought of God when I grew up? And to be kind of honest about, you know, what did I learn? How did I view him? And did I project some of this, how my earthly father is on to the heavenly father. Yeah, wow. And to go back and to begin to to think through that. And one of the neat things, I hadn't shared this with any of you guys, but I actually got an email today from one of the participants that came to the boot camp a few weeks ago. And this guy was really struggling. When he came, he'd lost his job. He'd lost his wife. Um, some people in Virginia uh, uh, paid for his scholarship so that he could come down to the boot camp. The guy was in his 50s, just really struggling. Um, in tears, many of the times I saw him. I got an email from him today that just blessed my socks off because he said that through what he'd learned at the boot camp and going and meeting with these band of brothers that he has up there in Virginia, that last week he, for the first time in his life, encountered God as his father. Wow. 
and that for the first time he felt like he was the beloved son. And, you know, what does that feel like? What kind of fruit is that in your own life when you think about that? When did you have that realization personally that, wow, when Jesus said, my father, he, he's talking the, the real deal here, and that he's the way to that, as, as he clearly pointed out, I mean, this is huge, and I know it. It, it really marked a huge change in your life, Al. You know, it absolutely did because my, my view was, I guess, based on what I encountered in the Navy. And in that piece, it was get your orders, complete your mission, get your next orders. There was no emotion. Do your job. That's kind of what it was. And I heard the Todd Clark do the Father by God talk, which... You know, and he goes into John and he, where John says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. But Todd said, the way to what? And I was sitting there thinking, what, what? <laughs> no one gets to the father except through me. And of course, you know, you guys know I do a lot of research. I hear something. I got to follow it up. You know, I think it was I may have the numbers off, but 63 times God refers or Jesus refers to God as the father. Only one time does he refer to him as Lord. And that is when somebody says, be afraid of this man or be afraid of the Pharisee. He goes, don't fear man, fear the Lord. And that was the only time he was talked about fear. Everything else was father. When he says, uh, pray to God as our father, that's Abba father. That's daddy. So for me, that was a life changing experience to, to, to know that I was his beloved son. It, it changed my life dramatically in my family, with my children, with my wife, with my friends. And we're going to listen to a clip that comes from A Knight's Tale, one of Sam's favorite movies. And th this first clip is a short clip, but it is a father and a son. The, the boy's about four or five years old, maybe six. And the father's a very poor Thatcher. And um, they're watching a parade of knights go by to the games. And so let's go ahead and listen to that clip. The boy's name Brucey. No. no. Someday, I'll be a knight. <gasps> a Thatcher's son? A knight? You might as well try to change the stars. <laughs> Can it be done, Father? Can a man change the stars? Yes, William. He believes enough a man can do anything. And I absolutely love that clip because that's a father's encouragement here's a father who's down on his luck he makes very little money he's trying to raise a son with his wife dead and what does he do in the midst of all his pain he encourages his son you know that's the heart of of god our father um that he wants us to have hope he wants us to believe he wants us to have faith now this next clip that we're going right into um a little background in the movie not to be, be a spoiler but the, the Thatcher was so poor that he ended up having to give his son to, um, to uh, become an apprentice. And he finds a knight because he knows his son was so infatuated with the knight's parade. So he, do, he makes this deal so that his son can be raised, fed, taken care of, and learn a trade. Well, his son comes back to his father 20 years later and listen to the encounter, listen to the joy in the father's heart upon the return. Someone there? Well, if you're here for the net, I haven't finished yet. 
Come back tomorrow. Who are you? A knight. My name is Ulrich. Ulrich? I hear that name being chanted from the stadium. What business have you here? I have word, Master Thatcher. Word of your son. Oh, why will you? Come in, sir. What word? Does he live? Aye, he lives. He is very well. He wanted you to know that he changed his stars after all. Has he followed his feet? Has he found his way home at last? Yes. I know neither Sam nor I have ever been big fans of A Knight's Tale, but I have to tell you that I'm listening with new ears, Al, and, and that clip, I've never heard that. Sam, have you? Yeah, I've heard it, and it is a very good clip, but a good clip does not a good movie make. <laughs> well, obviously I've heard the clip because I saw the whole movie, but that puts something in perspective that I think you really hit the nail on the head, Al that that is a beautiful picture of how God feels about his children when they when their feet find their way home. It, it, I, here's the thing I want to really capture. He doesn't love his son as much as when his son was last with him. With him. He loves his son more. It grew every day while he was gone. And so you know, when he sees him again, he's, there's even more love than there was before because it grew every day. And Vinny, yeah, are you awake? Yeah, <laughs> the way you said that. Do you see that? But no, anyway, I Vinny, saying. I was thinking, right? Uh -oh. For your dad, yeah, it, it's kind of cool the way that your love for your dad grew every year he was alive, and and when he came home, so to speak, because you were estranged for a period of time. That's true. I just thought of a story. I mean, a, an incident that happened. I went to pick up my dad and my mom at their home to bring them to our home for Easter. And I had a 66 Wildcat convertible. Oh, baby. <laughs> you I have mean, my full it attention. Was, it was hot. 455, yeah. Yep, 455. <laughs> okay. And I picked them up, you know, and he just looked at it and got in it. And we went home. Okay, so we get home and we finish eating and we're sitting out on the patio he says, let's go for a ride. I've never been in a convertible. I says, yeah, let's go. So we went for a ride, and maybe we got about a mile away from the house. He says, pull over. Uh, what's the matter, you don't feel good? No, hey, pull over, he says. 
So I pull over, he opens the door, gets out, comes to my side, and he says, get out. <laughs> and just like that, get out. I says, what's up, Pop? He says, I'm driving. He got, he was proud of me at that moment that I seen him look at me with a, a slight smile, but he wanted to have the pleasure, I read it in his face, to drive home, and my driveway was at the end of when you stop, there was the patio. So I got out and he drove the car home. Now my mother and my sisters and all the kids got petrified because he was all disfigured with rheumatoid arthritis. But the thrill on his face, you know, uh, and the thrill on my mother's face seeing how happy he was because he never was happy, he hurt so much. And the thrill on my face, I finally, in my heart, I says, I finally got my father. Uh, he had to be. And he, and he had you, right, Al? Huh? Oh, yeah. And Sam, <clears throat> I'll give you the final word here, uh, as this was your heart to, to certainly do this particular topic. And so what did you want to make sure that people knew about the heart of your father? Well, I think that, you know, just all those things, those paradigms um, that we had, we need to we need to go revisit them and do it with Jesus' words. You know, Jesus talks about, you know, the father that, you know, you could be a great father, but how much greater is the father in heaven? He even compares and says, you have no concept of how much your father loves you and how much he wants good for you. And I don't think we live our life every day like that's true. I think we live our life every day at times like, I don't know, is the other shoe going to fall, Father? You know, I don't know that I to totally trust you. And, and I know that I wanted other people to feel that, but honestly, part of the topic was I wanted to rejuvenate myself in that area. Yeah, because as we've talked about, that our earthly fathers and us as fathers, you know, we're all striving to to find that place where we reflect God's glory. So the cool thing is we're going to revisit this topic next week. So by sure and come back and join us next week, same time, same place. In the meantime, go to masculinejourneyradio.org, get the podcast, check out the upcoming boot camp and the upcoming men's nights. All those events are there at the website. We would love to see you coming up August 9th, I believe, isn't it, Sam? Yes, it is, Robbie. Join us in Kernersville.